This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, you want to do a six-pack and a prediction on this bad boy here? Let's do it. All right, let's do We do a pregame six-pack, and let's keep going, man. Let's hope this is not the last one that we do for the 2023-2024 season here. Um, a six-pack. Six coaches, players, position groups, storylines heading into this game against Baltimore on Saturday that are going to make the difference. And, John, as always, we start with you, my friend. I'm going to say uh, with Stroud because he's the single most important player on the team and something I think is very interesting in games in which he played in which the opponent had a, has a currently has a winning record. He's seven and three in games like that. He has uh, 19 touch, no, 21 touchdown passes and two interceptions against winning teams, 10 games. And he averages 305.9 yards. And if you take out the first two losses of the season to Baltimore and Indy, both of which ended up with winning records, he averages 304.1, and he's 7-1 and one in games against teams with winning records with 19 touchdowns and two interceptions. Those stats are Absolutely incredible, Sean, and he's got to do it again for the Texans to have a chance to pull an upset that I think would not really surprise the nation, but I do think it would further captivate the nation and what's going on here in Houston with D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, it makes for two incredible narratives coming out of that game if he's able to do that, if he pulls off the upset, because you'll have the – yeah, Lamar's going to get an empty MVP award come NFL honors time. You know, the, the Lamar in the postseason angle, you know, unless it's 38-35 or something like that. But I'm assuming in order to win this game, the Texans are going to have to affect Lamar Jackson in some way in this game. Um, so you got that angle. And then, boy, what the, I mean, the conversation going into an AFC title game with C.J. Stroud against either Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes on the road. What a week. What a week of content that would be. Absolutely incredible. And if, if he goes into Baltimore and wins, there's no reason he can't go into Buffalo or Kansas City and do the exact same thing. Um, so that would be that would be absolutely amazing. CJ is like the least of the things I'm worried about in this game, John. You know what I mean? Like he's he is way down the list of things. I don't even know if he's on the list of things I'm worried about because he's so good when the lights are the absolute brightest. Um, John, my first one is a couple of gifts from the gods that we've gotten over the course of this week and the previous few weeks of the schedule that I think factor in in some way in this game. If we're looking for little wrinkles, little incremental things that can close the gap 
between the very talented Baltimore Ravens and the talented but not as talented Houston Texans. Um, I think two things, and I'm going to combine them into one bullet point. Um, the fact that Houston has had cold, cold, cold weather here all week, allowing the Texans to prepare and practice in cold weather in anticipation of playing in cold weather, I think it's a little, it's a little thing, but it's something I'm happy they got to do. And I know it's something D'Amico Ryan's think matter. He thinks matters unless he's lying in his press conferences. He likes the fact that they got to work some outside in the cold weather, like super cold, like damn near as cold as it's going to be in Baltimore on Saturday weather. That's number one. I also think after listening to Bobby Slowick yesterday, the Texans OC, and about how Baltimore, having recently played against Miami and San Francisco, two teams that run the exact same offense, the tech, largely exactly the same. I mean, there's different wrinkles, but they're Kubiak-Shanahan offenses. And not only that he's got film to watch of the Ravens against those two teams, but film where the Ravens have been successful against those two teams – and film that is very recent. You know, they played on Christmas, they played San Francisco, and then a week later on New Year's, that weekend is when they played Miami, and they destroyed both of those teams. So I think getting that look at the Ravens against those two teams, and I think the weather, I think those are just two little things where you start to feel like, okay, you know, there's some things that are going to need to go the Texans' way in order to win this football game. I feel like just little things leading up to the game like that, those two things are good. They matter. I don't know how you quantify it, but they matter to me that those happen that way. And most of that is uh, mental, of course. Temperature is supposed to be in the 20s, and it's supposed to be bright sunshine. And then right there with the stadium being on the harbor, sometime in the winter you can get wind. And if you got a lot of wind, you're going to have to run the ball. But that's where my second one is, Sean, the offensive line. The offensive line played its best game collectively against the Browns, played a huge role in that victory over the Browns. It started with Laramie Tunsil and the way he shut down Miles Garrett. Cleveland media and the fans really got on Miles Garrett. It's like he didn't show up. But another move there that they had played Charlie Heck, and Charlie Heck got obliterated. Uh, by Zadarius Smith in the Christmas Eve game, they put George Fant back in, and George had a good game, as did all the offensive line. Now, of course, it's going to be not just important on pass protection, but run. They need to run block. Need to yeah. run block to get 100 yards, so they're 6-1 and one with 100 yards. 3-0 and oh when Singletary gets 100. I'm not asking for Singletary to get 100, but for the Texans team to get 100 because that would bode well. You know the Ravens are going to run it a lot because they're number one in the league, but it all starts with the offensive line. I agree, and I would say, too, just to add to that, John, this isn't my second one, but I'm just adding to it. I wrote Juice Scruggs' name down a little earlier in my notes before we started doing this. Um, the interior, I, I that was one of my six-pack items last week, I think, when we talked about the Browns, and I would similarly talk about the Ravens. The interior of the offensive line, which is the – you know, that's the bigger question mark for this team or has been played very, very well against Cleveland. They kept they kept Stroud very clean. Um, they they did enough in the run game in, in order to to win that football game. And Juice Scruggs in particular, John, as we not only look at their chances of doing something this postseason, but we look ahead to next year. You know, this rookie class, their rookie class just got rated. The Texans did number one by ESPN for this year, largely based on C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. But you look at the list of rookies that – did things for this team. And boy, if they can just stay healthy next year, you got Scruggs and Patterson and Tank Dell and Dylan Horton did some nice things before he went out. Toa Toa, you expect him to improve. Scruggs had 22 pass protection snaps last week and didn't allow a single pressure 
on the interior against a really good defensive line in Cleveland. Justin Matabike is one of the most underrated – well, not underrated. He's second-team All-Pro now. I, I'm just adding to yours, John, like this, particularly the interior protecting CJ and keeping that rush up front I think will be huge. Um, my second one is the linebacking core for the Texans, which actually when you go back and watch the first game between these two teams in week one, played pretty well in that game. There was no Blake Cashman in that game. They had Denzel Perryman played almost every snap in that game. Christian Harris – before he became this version of Christian Harris that we've got now, played about 75% of the snaps. The rest of them went to uh, to, to Toa Toa, it seemed. Um, the linebackers in this game are going to be a huge storyline to me. Cashman is going to be playing in this game. Christian Harris is playing as good as any Texans defensive player right now. And Denzel Perryman has been a, you know, a very solid vet who pops up on the tape two or three times a game, heat-seeking missile as far as the run game goes, they're going to need to be super disciplined in this game, John. I know that we just had Rita on and she said that it's not really their Lamar's desire to run the football, but they're going to run the football with Lamar Jackson. And there's going to be plays that turn into scramble plays with Lamar Jackson. And there's going to be two tight ends to think about now if Mark Andrews plays, not just one. So I think the linebacker, if I'm picking a position group defensively, that's the key to this game. It's the linebacking trio of Cashman, Perryman and Christian Harris. I think those are great. And of course, DB's got to cover Zay Flowers and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Can't wait to see what they do with Derek Stingley if they have him follow one the way he did with Cooper or they keep him on the sides. Sean, my last one is going to be one that uh, Rita Hubbard brought up, Dalton Schultz. Mm -hmm. uh, Dalton Schultz and uh, Brevin Jordan averaged 56 yards a catch in the victory over the Browns. Each had one. Both had long touchdowns. Schultz, because no other receiver has emerged opposite Nico Collins, and you just got to believe that the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, is going to do everything he can to neutralize Nico and force somebody else to beat them. Well, would that be another wideout? I think a better choice would be Dalton Schultz, especially down the middle, working the interior of the field the way Mark Andrews does. This is a tremendous matchup of tight ends. And yeah. uh, so I can't wait to see how it plays up. I think Schultz will become essential to anything they want to do on offense. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully they scheme up some stuff for him, like the one catch that he had. John, you know what I would take? I would take another performance from the tight ends like they had in Cleveland. I would take two catches <laughs> for 113 yards and two touchdowns. I would take that performance. I bet again. you would. Big time. Big time. Absolutely. All right. Last one, John. Um Special teams, but specifically the kicking game. This might be one of the few games Kymie Fairbairn plays in where he's not the better of the two kickers. But if the Texans are able to keep this thing close, I think a couple of things. One, we heard you, – you've mentioned it. I think Rita mentioned it, the possibility of wind in this game. Um, you know, so it's the, both Justin Tucker and Kymie Fairbairn are going to need to be on point in the kicking game. I think if it's a close game too, John, I feel like the Texans might be a little more comfortable playing a game like that. The Texans are not going to get into a situation where there's five minutes left in this game on the road and they're going to start peeing down their legs. This is a team that played in 10 really close games throughout the season and got better in those types of situations as the season as the season went on. They're three, they, they went seven and three in games like that. The three losses were two last-second field goals and then a field goal they had that bounced off the crossbar against Jacksonville. I don't think the Texans are going to find themselves overwhelmed in any of these situations. They may find themselves in a game that's a two or three score game because they just didn't go execute. I don't think it's going to be because 
they flinch. I don't think it's going to be because D'Amico flinches. I don't think it's going to be because C.J. Stroud flinches, the defense, whatever the case may be. This is a really talented Ravens team. So this could easily be a two- or three-score game, and the Texans might play one of their better games of the season. They're just going against a more talented team. But if this thing is close down the stretch, I feel like the Texans have the place kicker to get it done, like the Ravens do. But I also feel like they might be the more comfortable of the two teams, ironically, in a close game situation down the stretch here. I used to think Adam Vinatieri was the greatest kicker in history, and then he played over half his career at Indy. So Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker in NFL history because he's been outside for his entire career. And he, of course, is is maybe the best. I think he is the best in NFL history with Vinatieri a close second. And if it comes down to him kicking in the 50s or whatever to win the game, he's going to win the game. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, John, what's the prediction on the game? I'm taking the Ravens 27-20. to 20. Okay, I got Ravens 24-20, so you and I are pretty much on the same page there. I've got them kicking a field goal, whereas you got them kicking a couple field goals there, it sounds like. Um, so 27-20. And, I, and, and look, uh, John, I think if it finishes with either of those scores, hell, I think if it finishes 37-6, to six, Ravens, we're going into the offseason feeling like this was a freaking incredible year. I think you and I, yes. either way, Saturday night when we're doing the podcast, unless they get screwed by the officials or something like that in the game, the Texans, and maybe we're talking about that a little more. But whenever this thing ends, to me, it ends in celebration, whether it's them going on to win a Super Bowl, which I think is in play. I think they can can beat anybody. Um, Or if it ends with them this Saturday going out with kind of a thud, uh, they've got to be viewed, especially with the offseason pending and having some money and draft capital to go expend. Um, they've got to be viewed, John, not as a really like a dark horse team anymore, that they're one of the last eight teams standing, that they won their division, that they were so good down the stretch, and that they've got a young quarterback that almost any team in the league would trade for right now. It's not a dark horse thing with the Texans going into next year, you know, barring some weird thing happening. Um, they are they are a team that should be considered very, very seriously as a contender to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC next year. They will be destiny's darlings when it comes to the TV network appearances, appearances, which would be great. Can you imagine? I, we don't, both of us don't think this will happen. Say they did get in the AFC championship game, had a chance to go to the Super Bowl if they won and they played for 49ers with oh. all the connections between these two teams. Yeah. Wow. No. And the spread on that game would probably be a double-digit spread, honestly. Like, they would have to continue with – like, if they win this game, John, they're going to be more than a touchdown underdog again next week in Buffalo. And they like Kansas. it. They love it. They're cool with it. Yeah, that's that, that's just how they like it, man. Just cool. Don't believe in us. Knock yourself out. Um, all right, John, you ready to do a couple for real or for daisies? Sum up some of these other storylines we got going on? 